This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You're damn right it is. That's right. On this Thursday, it is Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Joseph Fortenbaugh. I am Christopher Carlin, and we are here to discuss sports with you, and we're excited about it. Joseph, good morning, and first things first, let me just tell you, if this whole thing does not pan out, your boy has got a future in cooking chicken parm, because what I did last night in that kitchen was something special. I, I tell you. I even surprised myself sometimes. My wife's uh, closest friend in the world was in town spending time with us, and the big fella lit up that kitchen kitchen like an early Christmas tree. Okay. And what, what came out of it was nothing short of spectacular. Okay, so here's what we got to do. Do we have documentation in the form of photos? Uh, I put a, a picture of the finished product on my Instagram story, that guy Carlin, from okay. last night. And uh, I'll admit that, you know, I should have shot it more during the process, but I get locked in. I get locked in, Joe. Can't be distracted. This man's got to focus. No. I mean, we can hire people to come in and shoot this process so that uh, people understand what genius looks like. But I made this work in a way that I've never made it work before, and that flavor was bursting out of every single bite. Okay, first off, job well done. I'm happy to hear it because I know that that was very important to you with your wife's friend in town. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that it worked out. But having said that, we need the photo and we need to send it to Bouchergrass and we need to get his thoughts. He is the preeminent voice on all things chicken parmesan related this is an excellent point this is excellent so we need to get that photo over to evan and the handman we need to get it up on the carlin versus joe twitter account lincoln bucci alert bucci to the fact that he's been linked in he's a very popular guy he probably doesn't go through all the mentions we need him to put a grade on this and by the end of the show we need to alert the people as to what happened yeah this was and you know what joe all fresh ingredients your boy wasn't screwing around Ooh, okay i mean we had fresh moats Right on top. I, I, Joe, you know me. Who is the last person to compliment me? You. Me. That would be you. Yes. This, this was something special. You are not a fan of yourself, I've come to learn. No, I hate myself. But not <laughs> last night, Joe. Not last night for that All hour right. in the kitchen. It was a spectacular. Reason, a reason for Joe Fortenball to visit the Garden State. <laughs> One of the few. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we are excited to talk some NBA to begin today. We've got plenty of NFL. Joseph has got your pizza money for some Thursday night football between the Buccaneers and the Bills, and we want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. So the Celtics go in, and they beat the Knicks last night on opening night. What an achievement, by the way, to beat the Knicks on opening night. It's like showing up and breathing at times for that to happen. All all right, all right. We don't need to crush the Knicks one game into the season. Well, it's it's in the genes, so to speak. (laughs) But uh, the bigger point of what happened last night for me is that Kristaps Porzingis has joined the Celtics, and we have talked about what a difference 
that could make potentially for that team. And he goes out there and he scores 30 on the night and he's absolutely spectacular. And you knew that he had to enjoy every single minute of sticking it to the Knicks. Awesome feeling to come back now with, you know, being a Celtic and, and play here. Even, even you know, getting booed and, and getting all that. It's, it's, it's still cool. I, I really like that and, and enjoy that. And, um, yeah, but most importantly, like, we won the game and, and I'm very excited about what, what we have ahead of us. And, and I wish the Knicks and the, this, this, this city and the organization nothing but the best. So he finishes the night with 30, with eight rebounds, uh, with four blocks, basically did everything you need him to do was plus 13 on the night. But on the flip side, there is a downside to this story. And granted, it is opening night. I'm not making too much of this. But I think a story that is very much worth watching over the next couple of weeks is the role of Jalen Brown, Joe, who got the richest contract in the NBA in the offseason, and last night right out of the gate had 11 points. It's not a knock on Jalen Brown. It is, how is this all going to fit together? Because I would argue that Kristaps Porzingis scoring 30 a night for Boston is not necessarily the long-term plan for success. It's not, no, especially given his injury history and part of the reason why you brought him in, some of the rotations you want to run, things of that nature. Uh, Jalen Brown is going to be under the microscope this season from start to finish, and that's going to continue. You sign a contract like that, and, and let's be fair, all of us sign that contract. That's how it works in the NBA. You reach certain levels of qualification. You qualify for that sort of contract. You're absolutely going to take it. So congratulations to him for earning his way into that role. But now you got to live up to it. There's a second phase to this. There's earning the contract, and then there's living up to the contract. A lot of guys earn it. Not all of those individuals go on to live up to that contract. So he's going to be under the microscope this season with his production level. He's always been a very good defender, but in crucial moments in playoff history throughout time, he has struggled with turnovers, with an inability to knock down big shots, with an inability to make any play of, of stature late in the game. I look at this and I think, all right, we're going to be paying attention to this story all year long. He's going to be criticized heavily for this. He's going to need to elevate his game. But I go back to the original point you started with, and Porzingis stepping up and having a huge night to get past the Knicks. If you go back last year and you take a look at some of those Celtics playoff games, they beat the Sixers in game six, if you remember. They were trailing the series 3-2. They come back to win in game six, 95-86. to Sixers only scored 13 points in that quarter. In that game, Jason Tatum was 5 of 21 for 19 points. Jalen Brown was 6 of 13 for 17 points. He was unwilling to take big shots. And that had happened the year before as well against the Warriors late in the finals. The point I'm getting at is they were very dependent from a scoring perspective on those two. Brown, Tatum, Brown, Tatum, Brown, Tatum. Now you've added a third scoring option that can be on the court at the same time as them to help lighten the load if one of them goes cold. So I'm going to look at this more in the positive light that the addition of Porzingis, assuming he stays healthy, will cover up some of those problems when Jalen Brown goes cold or gets gun shy in the process. But having said all that, to the point of the contract, he's got to deliver more. He's got to deliver more on a regular basis. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. This is the thing about Jalen Brown. You know, he got this contract in the offseason. And there are times, I don't want to say I feel like he coasts through games, but there are times where I feel like he doesn't necessarily 
easily find what his role in that game should be. And his role should never be in question. You are one of the two primary big-time options on a terrific team that is a championship contender in this league. I don't want to say he's passive, but even the point that he finishes last night with 11 shots. I don't ever feel like, as great as Jason Tatum is, that he should have half as many shots as Jason Tatum in a game. You know, the the other, he was 4 for 11. It wasn't god-awful. It wasn't great. But it was one of those times where he's going to have to understand there he he's going to have to force it a little bit more not last night i'm saying moving forward off of that he's going to have to really truly be that that i can't say alpha dog because uh, tatum is the alpha dog but he's you know the 1a alpha dog if you will I think that's very well said because we've seen that in the postseason where he has just shied away from taking shots when he's had looks. Yeah. And you wonder why wouldn't you just take over? I, I don't think it was last year. It may have been two years ago. But in the postseason, he was having a hell of a run and then just decided to stop shooting one night. And it made no sense to me whatsoever because Tatum was struggling. Yeah. So th- that is absolutely a fair point. I-, I would also spin that to say in a day and age where – a lot of superstars are fighting to be the alpha and it eventually ends up being a problem, right? Like some guys feel that they should be a little bit more alpha than other guys. It didn't look like it went that well with Irving and Harden and Duran and Brooklyn, things of that nature. He seems content to not get the shine that Tatum gets, to not cause an issue to say, you know what, maybe this is my team and not Jason Tatum's. And a lot of times we overlook qualities like that, but when the shoe is on the other foot and we see two guys fighting over that sort of thing, we're quick to knock them for not being team guys. Yeah. So I'll grab Jalen Brown's back a little bit there saying it's he, he, he plays his role well. He's never caused any sort of issue about being the 1B to Tatum's 1A. But there are those spots where you are absolutely right. It feels like he needs to get better with his intuition in terms of when he should look to take over a game because maybe Tatum doesn't have it that night or maybe the situation just calls for it. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are just getting rolling. One NFL coach is going to be under a ton of scrutiny this weekend because of a move he made two months ago. That's next. Carlin versus Joe on the ESPN app and ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. When we talk about the 49ers championship window, I think that window is this year. With this core of players, it's this year and that's it. There is nothing, nothing I have seen through the first seven weeks of the year that would change my opinion of Purdy or the 49ers. They are both things that I am not remotely concerned about in the NFC. This is the year that the 49ers have to get it done. If not, we're going to be talking about them having to retool this thing around Brock Purdy. It wasn't all that long ago before the season started that we were talking about Kyle Shanahan and the phrase, he better be right. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 49ers Bengals this weekend, Joe. And we are dealing with Brock Purdy's uh concussion protocol visit now yesterday Shanahan said that he expected that he was going to have enough time to clear concussion protocol prior to Sunday now I wonder how much of that uh, played a factor into his interceptions Monday night did they just not realize it all of that remains unclear here but it takes me back uh, a few weeks when at the beginning of the season you had the trade of Trey Lance to the Cowboys. Everything they had given up to get Trey Lance. And it didn't work out. And what we said about Brock Purdy was, Kyle Shanahan better be right. And Joe, through the first few weeks, wasn't a problem. Now, we're back there again, and it feels like we're a little bit closer to maybe he wasn't quite right. I don't think he was wrong on Trey Lance. I think for you to give up that much, and we're not just talking about draft capital, we're talking about your reputation as an evaluator because that's on the line here as well. Given the history the 49ers have had with swings and misses in the first round, guys like Solomon Thomas um, and Javon Kinlaw, the list goes on and on. There's a lot that's at stake. For you to give up all that with your name on the line as well and then to say, you know what? Just we got to get this guy the hell out of here. We're, we're done with this. Just just get him out and we'll take whatever in return. I think that tells you everything you need to know about how they feel about Trey Lance. I think it was that bad because if it wasn't that bad, they're not moving him. So on that front, I think he's right. I don't think we're ever really going to see anything from Trey Lance in the NFL. Now, on the point of Purdy and the replacement of Darnold. We're going to see just how good you are, and we're going to see just how much this is a system quarterback situation, right? A lot of people want to knock Brock Purdy, and they say he's a product of the system, that he's got so much talent around him in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. Well, okay, here comes Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, if this is a system that produces great quarterbacks, should step right in and pretty seamlessly play the best football we've seen from him throughout his career. Should he not? I would think so. You would think so. Yet, I remain highly skeptical of that happening. 
As do I, my friend, as do I, because it's not it, the system doesn't make the quarterback. The system can elevate the quarterback. The system can get the most out of the quarterback. It's not going to make the quarterback. This quarterback still has to have talent. The quarterback still has to put in the work, the film study. This quarterback still has to make the decisions on the field in real time very quickly and then go out and execute. It is a team effort. So we're going to be able to probably put that narrative to bed if Darren Darnold doesn't play well. But overall, this is just a fascinating situation because back-to-back road games, Cleveland, Minnesota, two losses. The Minnesota game's on a Monday night, so you got a short week, and here comes a very well-rested, off-the-bye Cincinnati team that's going to be live in this spot. Point spread was six. Niners is six-point favorites. It's dropped as low as three-and-a-half with a couple books moving to three. Where, where is it? Is it there right now? There are it's two three, books. Three and a half right now? Two offshore books I saw at three. Everybody else is three and a half. And wow. the, the three and a halves are juiced as if they're moving towards three. So that might, that, that, I don't know if it's going to sit three by game time as a consensus line, but it is trending towards three. If you like Cincinnati, you want to make sure you get the three and a half. Uh, can I just ask a brief question as still somewhat of a betting novice? Of course. Uh, just an aside to this conversation. How reliable is the sharp money? How, well, okay. how, how when when we talk about, you know, it starts at six and obviously the you know, when you have the number drop like that, it would indicate that the sharp money's in. Right. Correct. How reliable do we consider the sharp money when making our evaluations? So here's the biggest misconception. You see it go from six to three and a half. Now, a lot of that in this case could have been individuals who realized something was up with Purdy and jumped ahead of the move, jumped ahead of the news, because that news was obviously going to move the line. So that's one thing to keep into account. But when you're talking about a standard move where the sharp guys are making the play, the biggest misconception would be to say the sharps are on Cincinnati. Right. That's only half true. The sharps are on Cincinnati at plus six, plus five and a half, plus five plus four and a half, right? That's where they were buying. Once it gets all the way down to three to come out and go, well, the Sharps are on Cincinnati. That's a little misleading because the Sharps are not playing Cincinnati at minus or plus three, which is where it is. They played it earlier. So that's the most important thing to note when you hear that. Yes, it can be an indicator of where professional money is and professional money is professional money for a reason. It tends to win more than it loses, but you have to understand the number they bought in at. That's the key. Okay, but just quickly... Give me a percentage of the time when you pay attention to it that will make you jump right on it when you see that happening as the lines first come out. I use it as an indicator. That's it. It's it's not a blanket rule for me okay. where if I see something move, I'm jumping on. It is a it is an indicator. It might be the type of thing where I see an opening number, I like something, and then immediately I see it move the other way. That's an indicator to me that maybe I should go back and rethink my process. Okay. Back to the 49ers, back to Darnold, back to Purdy. Back to the real world. Back to the real world. Well, we're going to come up above ground now and and say hi to everybody. (laughs) Here's Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst on NFL Live, discussing the 49ers without Brock Purdy. If he doesn't play, I do not expect them to skip a beat. I think they will be just fine with Sam Darnold. I have constantly believed that if Sam Darnold was placed on a team that was similar to San Francisco, he would play worthy of that top draft pick. This young man has been weathered. He's mentally been through it all. He's the most talented quarterback physically that Kyle Shanahan has had in that offense at least since Matt Ryan. So that's six or seven years. Out of all due respect to Brock Purdy, he's a really good player. This offense will be just fine with Sam Darnold. Listen, here's the thing with Dan. He's been on him for 
years, since day one. I don't think that Sam Darnold is anything more than a suitable backup quarterback. I can't sit here and tell you that they're not going to miss a beat because let's call it what it is. Sam Darnold, with his experiences prior to this, brings baggage with him, and it takes a lot to get over. When I say baggage, I mean games like I'm seeing ghosts out there, games like that where he got beat up for a long time, and there are so many quarterbacks the bodies of quarterbacks along the way, Joe, who were top draft picks, who were guys that had a lot of talent, who have never been able to mentally rebound from that. So I can't sit here and just say, because he is in that system, he's automatically going to be just fine and the quarterback everybody expected him to be. If he was that, he'd already be starting. You would think, yeah. You would think there'd be an opportunity somewhere, given that Baker Mayfield is currently quarterbacking in Tampa Bay and some of the other guys we see out there. Ryan Tannehill had been starting for quite some time right up until this week as they're going to go with Will Levis and Malik Willis. Um, The situation in Arizona, let's be honest, Joshua Dobbs is the starting quarterback in Arizona this season. You got Bajan starting with the Bears. There were opportunities. The one thing that I that comes back to me on this, where I'm a little skeptical, and this isn't to go against Orlovsky. He obviously knows far more about this than me. But it's just something I think that's worth bringing up. You know, Darnold was brought in, signed by the Niners. He had a head start in training camp and with OTAs. Like, Purdy was coming off the elbow surgery. Purdy didn't get cleared until late in the process. And you never once heard a peep about Sam Darnold possibly winning that starting job. Never once. No. Like there was with, with the head start he had and with the opportunities he had to work with the offense and everything else with Purdy coming back from the injury, it seems like the moment Purdy got back on the field, he took the reps, did what he needed to do, and there was never even a controversy. I find that interesting because the offseason, we talked a lot about the injury and also whether or not Brock Purdy might be a one-hit wonder, right? Like maybe he had a hot season at the end and that was it, and then he's going to come back down to earth. Never once did we hear anything about how great Sam Darnold looked and how he might actually win the starting job. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, should Super Bowl contenders still be working out the kinks in November? One coach certainly thinks so. You're going to hear that next in just moments. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Micah Parsons got another. This young kid 
has fire. It's like he has a motor. He never gets tired. He's the best defensive player in the league. Mahomes under pressure. Parsons knocked it out. Every quarterback is on the hit list. I want all of them to be like the Terminator out there. Very sneaky game this weekend. Very sneaky game that I think is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It is Sunday, 1 p.m. in Dallas, Eastern Time, 1 p.m., mind you. The Cowboys, rare early game for the Cowboys. Yes, it is an early game for the Cowboys. Cowboys and the Rams. And the Rams in at 3-4. and four. Uh, They're coming off the loss to Pittsburgh, controversial with the spot and such. The Rams are much better than we would have anticipated them being, whether it's Puka Nakua really emerging as a second Cooper Cup, if you will. Cup is now back. Stafford is throwing the ball particularly well. I'm still a little bit concerned about his ability to stay healthy. I think the Rams' defense has been better than I would have expected, and their offensive line, which was a shambles, has been okay. You know, when they were running the ball, they were running it well with Kyron Williams, but then he goes and gets hurt. Going into Dallas this week, I'm fascinated by this game. This is a game that the Cowboys, off of a bye week, should be able to navigate and should be able to uh, get through. But I'm a little skeptical on this. This this number right now sits at six points. Cowboys are favorites, and I got to tell you, I'm leaning toward taking the points. Taking the points. Okay. The Rams have been feisty to your point. Three and four this season, but listen to their four losses. The San Francisco 49ers beat them by seven. That's a good team, and that's a really competitive game. The Cincinnati Bengals beat them by three. That game was in Cincinnati. I mean, I know the Bengals aren't great this year, but that's still a formidable opponent on the road, and it's another one score game. Still Joe Burrow. Yep, the Eagles beat them by nine, but that game was closer than the nine indicates. The Rams were hanging in there most of the way. And then they just lost this past weekend by seven to the Steelers in a game where some will argue, argue they got jobbed a little bit in the second half, but they also shot them. They also committed quite a few infractions on their own behalf in the process of stumbling to the end of that game. They, they had that game early and they figured out how to give it away. So don't blame the officials in that situation. It's got all the potential for a sneaky good matchup, like you say. But this is absolutely where Mike McCarthy has to be at his best because you can't ask for a better situational edge. Like you mentioned, they're coming off the bye, so you have two weeks to get ready here. You're at home. You've got an opponent that is coming off a loss to the Steelers. They're going to be traveling. The entire situation sets up very nicely for you. And Mike McCarthy, for as much heat as I've given him over the years and as much heat as he takes from everybody else, he has performed incredibly well in this spot. During his time with Green Bay, during his time with Dallas, Combined, McCarthy is 11-5 and five straight up coming off the bye, but he's also 12-3-1 against the spread coming off the bye. Hmm. He performs exceptionally well with the extra week of preparation. So I would say given that we know that about Mike McCarthy and given how important this game is for the Dallas Cowboys, you should expect... Not think about, not consider, not predict. You should expect a very solid performance from the Cowboys against the Rams on Sunday. Here is McCarthy at his press conference this week with a comment that 
frankly caught my attention a little bit and it was i thought it a bit odd there's things that always in my opinion occur in september so you you address that coming out of training camp uh, more games are lost in my opinion in the national football league in september than are won uh, so now that you know your productivity your continuity your consistency really has to take a big step here in this second trimester so just all triggers you continue to push and, and it gives you a chance to step back and look at the things you want to build off of and and the obvious ones that you need to do better First of all, are we pregnant? The second trimester? Like, what's that? <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, but we're still tweaking. We're still uh, trying to come up with uh, little ways to get a little bit better. We're still working out kinks in November? I mean, we're eight weeks into the season at that point. Doesn't that seem a little odd at that point to, to, no. to be saying that? No, and I'm already getting angry because, again, I'm going to be stuck taking up for the Cowboys. It I don't is know amazing the way we've been happening. able to do this without no. you even realizing it. It's great. It's ter- It's every time this conversation comes up, I find myself defending these guys. I, I, I don't like these guys. I don't want to defend them, but it's somehow you say ridiculous things that need to be countered on behalf of the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> no, you, you want to be, you want to be in the lab as the kids would say, right? You want to be in the lab working so that you peak come playoff time. That's the goal. The goal of all this. You don't want to be peaking right now. You don't need to be at your absolute best right now. You need to be good. You need to find ways to win games, but you need to show improvement throughout the course of the season. That's what the diamondbacks were showing us in baseball, right? That's what a lot of teams as they make their way on a championship, run show us get better throughout the course of the season the Lakers started terribly last year made a bunch of moves at the trade deadline got better as the season wore on got into the play-in game won that won their first round matchup won their second round matchup and then lost to Denver like they got much better as the season went on that's the goal of any team that's the goal of any performer before the season starts you have to understand in the NFL we're dealing with 17 games over 18 weeks and then here's what the playoff structure looks like How do we as individuals have our bodies in a position where we're ready to peak late in the year and be in great shape to perform well in the playoffs? Well, the Lakers are doing that with LeBron now, limiting him to 29 minutes a night. As a head coach, you want your team to consistently improve in different areas, adding new wrinkles, working out the kinks, getting to a point where by late December, early January, you're firing on all cylinders and you're ready to make a deep playoff run. I I agree with McCarthy here. I agree wholeheartedly, and it makes me sick. It makes me sick to my stomach that you've done this to me yet again. Listen, things happen, and I'm glad I could make it uncomfortable for you because that's half the battle. Um, (laughs) I I do think here's what I I really uh, I don't know. When I'm looking at a coach who is coming off of a bye and his record is good, how much can I try to navigate the coaching matchup itself? Because when it comes to a coaching matchup between Sean McVay and and Mike McCarthy, I mean, I, I don't care if he's coming off a year off. I, I'm picking Sean McVay in this yep. situation. I hear so you. how much of this game is simply that, is simply the head coach matchup? Because for me, it's an awful big part of this game this week. Well, absolutely. First off, let's clarify some things. Uh, when it comes to the handicap of the Cowboys being a six-point favorite here, and then we tell you Mike McCarthy – 12-3-1 against the spread coming off the bye. People get very excited. Oh, I should go bet this. Remember something. The, the bookmakers are aware of this as well. That is factored into the line. 
you know, for the longest time, that was Andy Reid. Andy Reid off the bye was like 13-0 and or something at one yeah. point. It was fantastic, but everyone talked about it every year. The bookmakers knew, and you had to pay a tax. And then guess what? Andy was still winning off the bye. He just wasn't covering these monster numbers because of the sportsbook adjustments. So from a betting standpoint, keep that in mind. But just from coming out and winning the game, I think this speaks very well to how McCarthy performs when he has extra time to prepare for an opponent. And it's a, it's, it, was, it happened in Green Bay. It's happening in Dallas. It's happening against the number. So I, 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 you certainly have to weight this as something that he does well. We can criticize him for his game management, his clock management. I've been all over the guy in the past. But when he has an extra week to prepare, he has shown that his team is going to be ready to play and play at a high level. The other thing you have to handicap here – and I know this is going in the weeds, but McVeigh and his wife did just give birth to their first child. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something when you're talking about where the focus is and the preparation, it's not to knock anybody. But if you've ever had a kid, you know, it, it, it's, it's a little bit of a distraction, right? You know, it takes up a little bit of your time with what's going on and all the well wishes and everything going on there. So keep that in mind, too. You know, that, these are all things to factor in when we're talking about a game of inches that's one in the margins. Kid Schmidt, go cover the number. Yeah. I mean, we got work to do. Look, McVay, we don't care about what's going on in your personal life. You got to get out there. You got to cover the number, okay? <laughs> See, just Imagine with that, that one that's, statement. Put, put that sign up as he's yeah. walking into the arena. Yeah. He's on cloud nine. His life has changed for the better. His, his wife is healthy. His child is healthy. He's very excited. Go cover the number. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like in that one statement, you may have just convinced me to bet the Cowboys. <laughs> Oh, right. McVeigh had a kid. His head's elsewhere. Screw that. Guy hasn't gotten any sleep in days. <laughs> I'm really going to turn and bet on Raheem Morris's defense because McVeigh's head's not in the game? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. One team season may be already on the line in week eight. Dramatic teases all day long on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. One and one yesterday, down a tenth of a unit. Overall, we finally got all the accounting because I'm back home and I have my notepad now. Uh, overall, as a show, 50 wins, 46 defeats, one draw. We are down 0.78 units. We've got to get into the black. And we're going to give you three right now for Thursday Night Football. Number one, Buffalo Bills team total over 26 and a half points. Do not be fooled by the Tampa Bay defense. There are some basic stats out there that suggest that they're good. They're okay. They give up a lot of yardage, and they happen to force turnovers and get red zone stops. But based on the rates in which they're doing those two things, they are unsustainable. Eventually, the dam's going to break, and they love to blitz. The problem is they don't get home much. Josh Allen is great against the blitz, especially when it doesn't get home. I think the Bills hang a heavy number here tonight. So we're going to go Bills over 26 and a half points in the same vein we're going to go over 43 and a half points for the game i gave you the reasons why the bills will score i know the bucks are banged up but buffalo's defense has not looked good since losing tredavious white and matt milano in addition player prop james cook buffalo running back over 50 and a half rushing yards this is minus 125 
Cook has gone over this number in four of his last six starts. Vita Vea, the defensive tackle for the Bucs, is banged up. And Tampa Bay, in general, has not done very well this season against the run. So your first three pizza money bets, all for Thursday night football. The Buffalo Bill team total over 26.5. The game over the total of 43.5. And and James Cook over 50.5 rushing yards, minus 125. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're looking for teams that are going to not meet their potential. The Bills are primed to be that team. Allen on a deep drop, looking to throw steps up, fires here. Right kickoff. Peppers is there. The Buffalo Bills are not winning a Super Bowl with Josh Allen as their quarterback. Figure out why you're running around and you're still throwing it into double coverage all the way downfield where your guy has just no chance of catching the football. None. The Jets, and I firmly believe this, the Jets have a better chance to win the Super Bowl right now than the Buffalo Bills do. Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. That's what I said. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And I think some people are starting to catch on at the inconsistency of the Buffalo Bills, Joseph. It's now 4-3 and three on the year, and... Listen, when Buffalo uh, closed out last year the way they did, played with the inconsistency that they did, turned the football over at the rate that they did, everybody started to say, well, listen, they will turn this around next year. They will get the ship right. And I have watched Josh Allen this season. He is afraid to run the ball, comparatively speaking, and that number is way down. He rushed for 738 yards last year. Through seven games this year, he's rushed for like 160. I mean, that number is on pace to be about half of what it was last year. I think he is exceptionally tentative right now to run the ball, and yet he is still, still, still prone to throwing the ball into trouble. He just hasn't gotten burned as much as he has by it in the past, Joe. Yeah, to your point on the running, I mean, this is going to be the natural byproduct of not only the organization, but the media, the fans, everybody saying for years, you need to take fewer hits. You need to run less, right? Everyone wants this perfect window where we want you to rush for 700 plus yards, but we also don't want you getting hit on any of those carries. Well, it's easier said than done, right? Like his style of play is a big physical style of play. He gets outside the pocket, he runs, he lowers his shoulder. Long term, that's a mistake, but that's how he knows to do it. He's always been the biggest guy. He's always been able to truck defenders. He did it at Wyoming. He did it in high school coming out of California. I believe Fireball, California is where he's from. And now he's doing it in the pros, and he's having some success with it. But those hits are a lot more lasting now. They, they, they cause much more of an impact, and they cause much more damage. So if you're going to get in his head about not running and taking as much contact, he's probably going to become a little bit shyer when it comes to whether or not he should tuck and run. So that's something he's got to work his way through, and he could probably figure that out. I think overall as a team, you've got to be concerned through seven weeks because in seven games, you've had four very unimpressive performances. I know you won four, but you've had four very unimpressive performances. That week one game against the Jets was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. You had that loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London where you weren't really in the game You beat the Giants when you came home the following week, but that was one of the worst NFL games of the season. And if the Giants were only halfway competent, they would have beaten you. And then against the Patriots last week, somehow you let them hang 29 points 
was an offense that had scored 35 points combined over its previous four games prior to that. Four very unimpressive performances. And then you blew out the Raiders. Okay. You blew out the Commanders. Okay. And then you put it on the Dolphins. Seven games, I'd say I'm impressed by one of them. The Dolphin game. Outside of that, you beat up on two teams you should have, and you look poor in the other four matchups. So you got to turn it around at some point, and I don't know, Carlin, if that's in them this year, given the injuries to Milano and Tredavious White, because that defense showed last week they are a shell of its former self. Yeah, listen, it's not close to what it was, and this is a situation where they're facing a defense that's kind of, eh, they have been very good in terms of points allowed, but they allow teams to move the football against them. Tonight is an important game for the Buffalo Bills, even though it's just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen to our guy Chris Canty this morning on Unsportsmanlike. It's a maddening team to watch. The mistakes are absolutely ridiculous. And if they're going to continue to play the way that they are, then this team's championship window is closed. Their window is closed. If the, if Josh Allen and this offense continue to have multiple turnovers, and they've had multiple turnovers over the last three games, if they continue to do that, this team ain't going nowhere fast this season, and I think it's getting late early in terms of being able to win a championship with this core of players. It might be getting late early for Sean McDermott, too. I think Sean McDermott, if they don't make the playoffs this year, is absolutely in trouble because there is enough talent on this team, and Let's just call it what it is. They have not been the same team since Dable left. They haven't. They have not been the same team since Dable left, and it has not been the same Josh Allen since he left. I also look at this when he says the championship window closes. It doesn't close for Josh Allen in his career. Like, this can be rebuilt during the course of his career. But I would be very, very very concerned about what's going on with the Buffalo Bills right now. Without a shadow of a doubt. The further you get away from not just Dayball, but what about Les Frazier on defense? Yeah. You know, all the rumors out of Buffalo, that wasn't exactly the most amicable of splittings, of -hmm. divorces. I think it was McDermott had had enough and wanted to take over the play-calling duties on defense, which is what his background is. He came up in Philadelphia under the great Jim Johnson, eventually went to Carolina, then Buffalo. I, I, I think that it's a smaller media market. The fans love that team. I think there's some there's probably a little bit more there than meets the eye, would be my guess. That's what I would speculate to. And we're not hearing about it as enough just because, you know, it's not New York City, it's not Philadelphia, it's not Boston. But it feels like there's something there. I mean, there was the issue with Stefan Diggs. There's rumblings about the coaching changes and things that have gone on there. It just doesn't feel right. Is it fair to say that? It just doesn't feel right, and it doesn't look right. Uh, Mayfield is going to play. So is Godwin. Nine and a half. I know what we were talking about with pizza money either uh, earlier. Kind of leaning toward the bucks and the points. Oh, it's, I mean, it's nine point, nine, nine and a half points. Yeah. A lot of points tonight for a Thursday night game. Remember, Mayfield's banged up. So is Chris Godwin. So is Vita Vea. They're all but they're, but, but, but Mayfield and Godwin are, are supposed to play. Okay. We do know that. Vea is the one that we're not sure about. I, I tell you, mm-hmm. Buffalo, go win the game or else. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.